Amen. Why don't we give a hand clap of praise to the Lord today because he's really worthy. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. What an awesome presence of the Lord is in this place today. Amen. I come to you tonight and say, Bulavanaka. Amen, which means hello and thank you both. Amen, and we are glad to be here, be a part of what God is doing here at CCC. I give honor uh, to your leadership team. Thank you, Brother Woodward. Amen, thank you for your kind remarks, and thank you for allowing us to come and be a part of what God is doing here and share a little bit about what God is doing in Fiji and the Solomon Islands. And for those that don't know where that is, I told the Bible school earlier today, yeah, most people know where Australia and New Zealand are. Well, if you get on the plane in uh, New Zealand and fly five hours straight out into the ocean north, you will eventually run into the Solomon Islands. And we say islands because there is over 300 islands in the Solomon Islands. And if you get back on the plane and fly another three hours towards the equator, you'll come to the Solomon Islands. And there's over 900 Islands, And so I was telling them, I left one island in Prince Edward Island where I was pastoring and went to 1,200 islands. And so I guess I just kind of decided that one wasn't enough. I just had to have more. Amen. But we are honored to be a part of what God is doing. I'm excited to share a few of those things with you before uh, this evening is out. But I would like my wife to come real quick and greet the congregation. Amen. She is more than my better half. I always say my ministry is uh, 10% me and 90% her. Amen. She's a great blessing to me in the work as well. Amen. I just wanted to greet the congregation. Well, it is wonderful to be here with you. That means we are so delighted to be in this wonderful church. God has been doing wonderful things, and it's because churches like you allow us to do what God has called us to do. We can do what God has called us to do because of you. And I was thinking this church has not only helped us financially, but through your prayers. And I was reminded of a story. We were coming back from Nandy on the western side of the island where we live, and my daughter, we always pray before we leave, and it was Eva's turn to pray. She was probably six, maybe at the time, and she had this little prayer, but it was very sincere. And so, you know what? We were like, in Jesus' name. So we were driving back, and it was kind of at dusk, and we were going through a little village. And a lot of times, they'll walk across the street, the highway, and sometimes they'll stop in the middle of the highway until the traffic clears, and then they'll keep going. Well, we were coming to a village, and we came to this area, and this group of people had stopped in the middle, and we kept on going a little bit. Well, just so we slowed down a little bit, obviously, and then they stopped, so we just kept on going. Well, as we kept on going, there was a gentleman that stepped out right in front of our vehicle. I mean, he was like dead center in front of our vehicle. There was nothing probably to those chairs. There was nothing we could do. We slammed on the brakes and cried, Jesus. And when we opened our eyes, we looked, and he was standing beside our vehicle, beside the driver's seat with a beer bottle in his hand, like, what are you doing? But God picked him up and moved him from where he was right in front of our vehicle. I mean, we were going probably 80 kilometers an hour, and there was no way but God. So we thank you for your prayers. You don't know the situations that we get into 
over there, it's, it's a third world country. You may see Fiji as beaches and beautiful. Well, it is, but it's also a third world country. So thank you for your continued prayers and support. We appreciate it so very much. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Speaking, speaking of prayer, uh, on our back table, you'll find these little cards. We call these our prayer cards. They're a picture of us. And there's some details on the back just on our, for our social media aspects if you'd like to follow. But most importantly, grab one of these. They're, they're free. They're not costing anything. But put it somewhere where you're going to be reminded to pray. Uh, you know, if you're like me and spend a lot of time going to the fridge, put it on the fridge door. And every time you go to the fridge, you're reminded. I had a, I had a young lady, I told them the other day, I had a young lady come up to me and said, Oh, Pastor, I'm going to put it on the back of my cell phone. And I had just read somewhere uh, that earlier, a couple weeks before, that the average teenager looks at their phone 250 times a day or it was something like that. And I thought, my Lord, if she does 250 prayers a day, we are going to have revival in Fiji and the Solomon Islands in a greater magnitude than we've ever had before. Amen. So make sure to grab one of those prayer cards that, uh, and just kind of remember us in prayer. Amen. I believe that when you just because you can't go doesn't mean you're sh that your prayers can't go and reach around to the other side of the world. Amen. Just a few weeks ago, we were in the middle of a situation and uh, I didn't put it out on social media. I didn't tell anybody about it. Amen. But there was a lady in, I believe, in Texas, who just found us on, on, online, sent us a note, and she was uh, in ministry, and said, I just wanted you to know for the last three nights, at three o'clock in the morning, God has been waking me up to pray for Fiji and the Solomon Islands. Well, what you don't realize is we're 17 hours ahead of you. So when she was getting up at three in the morning, she was praying right at the critical moments of our day when we were dealing with those situations. Amen. For three straight days. I want you to know God knows exactly what he's doing. Amen. And when you begin to pray, amen, it changes the scenario and changes the situation. Amen. We do also have uh, these cards. These are, uh, sometimes we pray for the field and we pray for the missionaries and we pray for uh, all those things. But sometimes the ones who kind of fall through the cracks a little bit is the missionary kids. And so we made a focus prayer card for missionary kids. It has a little few details about our kids. Justice is uh, 11 and Callan is 9 and Eva is 7. And uh, they are excited that uh, CCC provides children's church tonight. Amen. They, I couldn't believe that they abandoned the fact that dad was about to preach for children's church, but they did. And, uh, and so we want you, this is just helps you. It's really great for Sunday school teachers. It's great for moms and dads or grandma and grandpa that are teaching kids or grandkids to pray. Kind of leads you through some focused prayer aspects of children's prayer. So we encourage you to take one of these, pray for them, because also it's a missionary kid, but also they're from the same area that they're from. So it adds a connection for there as well. So we encourage you to uh, be a part, amen, of what God is doing there. 
I'll mention this now, amen, uh, but I want to, I'll t- mix it in throughout what I'm about to say, amen, our, our, our project that we are focusing on right now in the Solomon Islands is the C.B. Dudley Memorial Headquarters Church in the Solomon Islands, amen. I went through all the archives, I couldn't find anywhere where they had uh, memorialized Brother C.B. Dudley on the field, and so I thought... Uh, in the Solomon Islands, it reminds me of the Miramichi back in the early days, kind of the beginnings and uh, what God is doing. I'll throw this out just kind of interestingly enough. In the Solomon Islands over the last, just the last few months, amen, we have baptized three denominal pastors. And of those churches, two of them have been completely baptized in Jesus' name. And God has filmed. Amen. Amen. It's excited. I got a, I got an email about a week ago on Saturday. One of the pastors had applied for license and he, he said, I'm ready for license. And I said, well, what do you mean ready for license? He said, well, just on Sunday, we baptized the last one that hadn't been baptized and they received the Holy Ghost. So now we're ready for ministerial license, he said. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. The third, the third church that we that that we just did, we baptized six members of their uh, of their congregation, and God is moving in a mighty way. Amen. And we're excited about what God is doing in the Solomon Islands. Amen. It's a very poor country. Amen. Fourth world in many respects. Amen. It has a 99% malaria rate. Just to kind of give you a little bit of idea about the the condition, but you know what? It's amazing to see what God does. I was just in there. Uh, uh, right before I came back on deputation, and they, they, they'll work you to death. I, I, I taught for about six hours during the day, went home, showered, changed, grabbed a bite to eat, and then went to evening service and preached in the evening service, got back about 10 or 11 o'clock at night, started the same thing again in the morning the whole time we were there. Amen. So hungry for, for more of God. More of God's presence. Amen. And so we are excited to uh, get in there and build some infrastructure to kind of house the revival that we're experiencing there. And it's exciting to see their excitement and exciting to see what God has done. And so I'll talk a little bit more, but we just wanted to plant that seed. If God moves upon your heart to do so, amen, we encourage you to uh, be a part of what God is doing in Fiji and the Solomon Islands. Amen. We do have a little video, a short video, just to kind of give you a little picture. I want you to notice, look closely in the video, because there's, some, there's a lot of pictures that are sliding in and out of that. And uh, one of the things uh, that, that I want you to, there's one, a couple of pictures where we're in the middle of a youth camp. And it has rained for all week long. And I preached uh, every night in the rain. It seemed like the sun came out all day. And the second I started to preach, it would rain. And it rained so hard that there was a river running right through the altar area. And I watched young people as, as they were in mud sometimes up to mid-calf. And they were dancing and praising God in the altar. And God, God filled almost 30 of them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost on that last night. Amen. In the middle of what seemed like a monsoon amen i'm here to tell you god it don't matter what your circumstances are god can do what only god can do tonight amen amen so uh sound man whenever you're ready amen just go ahead and play that and then we'll uh share a little bit more i'm reminded of my childhood playing around an old-fashioned water pump that we assumed was no longer of any use 
But I watched as my grandfather poured a little bit of water into the priming chamber of that old, rickety, seemingly worthless water pump. And then he began to pump that old handle. And within a few seconds, an abundance of water overflowed onto the hard, dry ground, bringing refreshing and renewing to us from what seemed like an unseen source. Just like the widow woman in 2 Kings chapter 4, who was desperately in need of a miracle, simply poured out her little drop of oil into that borrowed vessel, unknowingly priming the supernatural flow of God's miraculous power into her situation. We too endeavor to pour out our little. What may seem like one drop in the bucket becomes the prime that's needed to release the overflow of God's supernatural power and provision into the arid spiritual environment of this world, meeting the needs of those who were so desperately in need of His presence. Fiji and the Solomon Islands, both nations of beautiful landscapes and home to some of the most wonderful people in the world, still need a supernatural overflow of God's Spirit. We felt the call of God to go, and we responded by pouring out our one drop, prayerfully and with the heart of worship, to prime the flow of God's Spirit, and with the help and faithful support of the North American Church. responses to God's call to give, we are beginning to see the overflow from that unseen source. Just like Moses when he struck the rock with such an expectation and water burst forth, we too are seeing the flow of God's supernatural power and provision in a miraculous way. Overflow in our Bible schools. In the last four years, our enrollment has grown from 25 students in one campus to a record enrollment of 155 students in six campuses, with a seventh campus scheduled to open by the end of the year. With the continued development of the Bible School facilities to accommodate the incredible student body growth, God is flowing like never before. Overflow in evangelism. In the last several months, we have begun what I like to call micro-evangelism. As we go from village to village, sharing the gospel in small crusades throughout the interior of the main islands as well as the outer islands in remote areas. As a result of the overflow of God's Spirit, we have baptized more than a thousand in the name of Jesus Christ and God is filling them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Just as we continue to pour, like the widow in 2 Kings chapter 4, we believe that God will continue to use the prime that we provided together. The overflow of God's Spirit will continue to flow until every vessel in Fiji and the Solomon Islands has been filled. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what we believe today. Amen. We believe that everybody in the Solomon Islands, in Fiji and the Solomon Islands, shall be filled. 
Amen. It's exciting to see what God is doing. It's exciting to be a part of what God is doing. Amen. And that microevangelism, well, that, that number is actually a lot different now than when we did this video in July. Thank you, Brother Shane Long, for helping us. Amen. But we, we did this video in July, and uh, at that time it was about 1,000. And since then, we are, all, we are just climbing on 2,000 now that have been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's exciting to see what God is doing and opened up doors. And, and, and we stayed, we stayed during the season of, of COVID and it was, and it was a little bit of a challenge. But when, in October, this to me is one of the most exciting aspects of my ministry. In October, when the churches reopened again after being closed down for a period of time, from that Sunday till the Sunday that we left on the 19th of July, I think we counted up five Five or six services, only five or six services in those in that 10-month period where somebody didn't get baptized or somebody didn't get filled with the Holy Ghost in every single service that we were a part of. Amen. There is such a revival atmosphere and the liberty of the Holy Ghost is moving in a mighty way. Amen. I was telling them about we, we couldn't even congregate, but we would set up big speakers all around the police station and we would have uh, services and, and Fijian style services are a little different than our services here in North America. They might have a two and a half hour song service, a two hour preaching. I remember I was preaching one place and the pastor after service was very upset at me or not upset, but just kind of, you can tell he was irritated and I didn't know why. And so I kind of pushed him a little bit what's wrong and he said I'm fine pastor I'm fine well I've been married long enough to know when they say they're fine that doesn't mean that necessarily and so I kind of pushed him a little bit and uh, he said well pastor you only come here once a year and we have about 75 churches and I try to get to as many of them as I can in a year and uh, and I said yeah I, I know I try to come as much as I can he said I know but only once a year and you only preach 45 minutes and I said well sir how long did you expect me to preach today and he said well next time at least two hours pastor at least two hours and you should see your face right now. Some has just been like whore, just kind of went over their face right there. Amen. But don't worry, my wife, before I walked in, reminded me that I'm not in Fiji tonight. I'm not in Fiji. I'm in North America. Amen. But we, we have, they would preach for, for as long as they could. And then they would uh, sing some more and kind of do an altar service and call people to repentance and baptism in the, in the name of Jesus and Holy Ghost. Amen. I was telling the, I think I was telling the students this morning, one, one uh, lady come running out and we had our missions teams walking through the village and they were walking through. And uh, this lady comes out and she's, well, we know what she was doing. She was speaking in other tongues and, and she, they, she was speaking in a language they didn't understand and so they said what's wrong and she said I don't know what's going on she said I was just singing and praising God and all of a sudden she said I started to speak in a language that I never heard before do you know what's happening to me we said well yes let us take you to Acts chapter 2 you're not the first one that this has happened to amen it's exciting no one laid hands on her she was just worshiping and praising God in her house 
Amen. There was a, a, another lady. I told them about she was, she was in her house and they were preaching on the power of prayer. Remember, there's just speakers around the police station. The police said, come back and do more services because there's no domestic disturbance calls. There's no drunken disorderly calls when you guys do your services in our villages. Like This is in the middle of the pandemic. The lady, the lady, one lady had never been in apostolic church was, uh, was praying and, and, and I was told that cancer, amen, as she prayed in Jesus name, she started to scream. Everybody came to see what the problem was. She had prayed a simple prayer in her house that Jesus would heal her and the cancer fell off her body onto the ground. Amen. I went, went from screaming where she was freaked out to rejoicing on what God has done. I'm here to tell you when you can't get out that doesn't change it because God can always get in hallelujah hey man we were on the island of Tavayuni Tavayuni is uh in the northern part it's uh the called the garden island and my wife was after me for some time to go there because it's, there's only one church. It's, we have a smaller church there, but it's growing, growing dramatically. And there's a, a, a daughter work. And we were in, and went to Tavayuni. She wanted to see these flowers that only bloom in Tavayuni. Oh, nowhere else in the world do these flowers bloom. And I took her in the one season where they're not in bloom. And so I think she might have orchestrated that so I would go back again sometime. Amen. But Brother Chalomi, who's the pastor in the Northern District Superintendent, asked us to go there for Pentecost Sunday. And I always joke, Tavayuni is the day is the island they call it where the day begins. The date lighting goes through Tavayuni. And so I always say my, my prophetic ministry works very well there. Because I just stand in today and prophesy and step into tomorrow and let it be fulfilled. <laughs> Amen. But you can stand in yesterday and today at the same time. And we're 17 hours ahead. And so that means when you guys have an incredible church service on Sunday morning, you can thank God and thank Fiji because we are the Folgers in God's cup. We are the coffee that gets him going. Amen. And the Holy Ghost starts moving in Fiji and rolls right across until it gets over here to Atlantic Canada. Amen. And we're grateful for that today. So make sure to thank God first, though, and then Fiji second. Amen. For we got God in a good mood to roll into this place on Sunday. Amen. But we were in, in that, in that uh, little island on Pentecost Sunday of this year. And we, we went in, the missions team knocked doors for a few days. And then on that Pentecost Sunday, we preached and God filled 51 of them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We baptized 28 of them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And it turned that church upside down. The pastor called me a few weeks later and said, Pastor, can we start a Bible school in Tavayuni? Because we can't get them over to the mainland because of the ferries and the travel and, and work. And we can't do it. Can we start a Bible Bible school here and I said well how many students do you have and they said well out of that revival God has called 25 people to the ministry and they wanted to go to Bible school so guess what we did we started our sixth campus in uh, in Tavayuni and God is doing an amazing work <laughs> hallelujah it don't matter. It don't matter those world circumstances. When God gets ready to move, God is going to move. 
Hey, man, we faced great challenges during the pandemic and vaccination issues and all that kind of stuff. But we have planted churches. Amen. We're in the process of actually building our second building. I've got six more churches that I'm actually building right now. Amen. That we're, we're, we're moving into it. That God, as a result of that microevangelism. It's amazing because, see, we live in, in an island, there's 300 islands. We, it would take us a month to get everybody there and then a month to get everybody back home from the outer islands. And so we tried to find a way that would work more effectively. And so we, we would go into villages that were, we'd take a mother church and go as far away from it as we could that it still could reach it. And we started doing evangelism. And we would go into these villages and that didn't have a church. And we would, in, in every crusade, I think the minimum, the lowest one we ever had was 15 people baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. We've had up to 90 in these micro crusades baptizing. The average is about 25 to 30. Amen. That are born out of these micro crusades. And then we, and then we bring in a, uh, the missions team and they teach them. Amen and uh, Bible studies and solidify them and actually end up baptizing more in Jesus' name. Amen. And it's exciting because how would you like to be a church planter and start your church with 25 to 50 uh, Holy Ghost-filled, baptized believers, new converts excited about what God is doing? Amen. We're going into areas that, that they told us we couldn't go into. One place we couldn't go into. And the literal president of Fiji called them and said, I don't know how he found out. To this day, we don't know how he found out. But he called them and said, you let those Pentecostals come in and have their crusade in my village. If you don't, I'll be on the first plane up there. And as a result of that, we baptized 40, at least 40, in the name of Jesus Christ. There was so many notable healings that took place. Amen. The president called our missions director and said, I'm sending my housekeeper to you with the key to my house. I want you to go and pray for every room in my house because I need your God in my home. Amen. I'm here to tell you God is doing a miraculous work. Amen. There's nothing too big for God. Amen. There's nothing. Yes, there's challenges. Yes, there's things that we go through. Amen. But God has a plan. God has a purpose. I read in Numbers chapter 13, verse number one, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers, that ye may send every uh, uh, send a man, everyone, a ruler among them. Amen. If I, you read that, uh, that, that scripture in the GW translation, God's word translation, it says this. The Lord said to Moses, send men to explore Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the ancestral tribes. That was in Numbers chapter 13, and then I, uh, verses 1 and 2, but I go down to verse 17 when Moses actually does it. It says, and Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. 
and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go unto the mountain and see the land, what it is, and the, prince, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak or few or many. And the land that they dwell in, whether it's good or bad, or where the cities are, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. I thought this was very interesting because God didn't tell them to go spy out the land. He told them to go explore the land. Amen. Moses changed their focus, and we know those spies ended up coming back. And not with a, with a verdict of uh, excitement and not with a verdict of, uh, of faithfulness and not with a, a verdict of God can do that. Two of the 12 spies that went, we know Joshua and Caleb. And I, this is just my personal thing, but I believe that it started with the mandate of the journey. Amen. God told them, he told them in, in, in many scriptures before, amen, what the land was supposed to have in it. What would be a part of it? There'd be pomegranates and there'd be barley and wheat and there would be olive trees and, and, and there would be all of these great aspects and grapes and all of the things that would be a part of the land of promise. It was a land that was flowing with milk and honey. It was a land that was producing it was a land that was alive and he said when I when he sent the 12 tribes or the 12 uh, we call them the 12 spies isn't that amazing it's how ingrained into our thinking I've been trying to teach myself not to call them spies anymore but to call them explorers <laughs> he sent the 12 explorers into the country amen and he I believe God's mandate was you're going to face some challenges you're going to face some trials you're going to face all the ites uh, all the hit and the Jebusites and the Canaanites. He said, they're there. If you read that scripture, he says, all the ites, he goes through all the ites are there. And then at the end of that scripture, he says, and it's a land flowing with milk and honey. You see, he wanted them to understand that I know, this is my, 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 my personal Troy Wicket translation or commentary. And it's this, he needed them to know that he knew that they were there. He said, notice he didn't give them a plan to defeat them. He just said, I just need you to know that I know that the Canaanites are there, the Hivites are there, the Jebusites are there, they're all there. I'm well aware of who's there. But he said, I want your focus not to be on them, but I want it to be on the fact that it's a land that's flowing with milk and honey. Boys, when you go in there, I want you to be looking for wheat fields and barley fields. I want you to be looking for olive trees, and I want you to be looking for grapes. I want you to be looking to see that it's exactly what I told you it was going to be. But Moses changed their mandate and said, I want you to spy out the land. I want you to tell me if they're big guys there or little guys there. If they got walls around the city or if they don't got walls around their city. And I believe that that was contrary to what God had envisioned that, that uh, expedition to be. It was supposed to be a place of faith building. That this is exactly what God said said it would be. Yes, the Hivites are there. Yes, the Canaanites are there. But so is the wheat. And so is the grain. And so is the barley. And so is the olive trees. And if God said they're going to be ours, they're going to be ours. 
Amen. I believe that in this world today, there's challenges. We've faced all kinds of walls. Amen. But we are raising up a generation that's so focused on the walls and the limitations that they have taken God out of the equation. But I'm here to tell you, we are an apostolic church. Amen. We are a God spirit filled church. Amen. When you come to tell me that my God's too big, my situation's too big, I'm here to tell you that my God is bigger than your situation. Amen. I'm here to tell you that God can do anything. Amen. I was in the, in, in the village of uh, Singatoka and I met a lady. Oh, let me calm down. I met a lady. Whew, I feel the Holy Ghost flowing. I know this is a missionary service, but guess what? The Holy Ghost can move at a missionary service. Amen. The lady in the, uh, in, in, the, uh, or in the village just outside of Singatoka. I can never remember the name of the village. Nenambuka. Uh, and, uh, and she was in service and she wasn't feeling well. And she left service and went to go home and lay down for a little while. And you know, in typical Fijian fashion, church was just blowing and going. And the, the husband realized it had been an hour and a half and she hadn't come back. So... He went to see where she was, and he couldn't find her. And she had, uh, had a heart attack. She had passed away, and she was very visibly had passed away. And they had found her, because in villages, they don't have typically a lot of roads, but there's paths in between all the houses. And they found her. She had rolled off the path into the bushes, and the husband and the son picked her up, because in Fiji, we don't call 911 very often. I had, I had an elder minister one time when he was with me, and he went out, and we prayed for him, and nothing happened, and so I went and called 911, and I called 911, and they said, sorry, sir, we're busy. Call back later. <laughs> so typically, we don't call. At one time, when I first went to Fiji, there was only two ambulances that did the whole island of Fiji Levu. And so they weren't going to call 911. So what they do, they brought her to church. <laughs> they just picked her up and they brought her to the house of the Lord. Now, in, in, in this church in Fiji, they had prayer benches. I don't know, we used to have them back in the day out front. And they brought her in and they laid her down on the prayer bench at the front of the church. Now, what's very interesting about, about Fiji is, which is very contrary to our North American culture, uh, we would, if that happened, gather around and get everybody and get the oil, you know, which is just, that's our culture, that's what we do. But in Fiji, they brought her in. Now, I know this is going to be contrary to some of our thinking, but they brought her in, they laid her down on the prayer bench, and church just kept going on. It was in the middle of the altar call, altar time. People were praying, getting prayed through to the Holy Ghost. It was, the Holy Ghost was moving. They were singing. They were shouting. It was, it was just a service was just blowing and going. And about 10 or 15 minutes, and the, and the father stood at the head, and he just praised God and clapped his hands. And, you know, and he was worried, but what could he do? And the son was there. And, and about 10 or 15 minutes after 
after, the, after the, they were there, the pastor walked down off the platform and he just walked up to her and he took her by the hand and just said, in the name of Jesus, let life be restored. And he picked her up and when he did, she just went, <gasps> and life was brought back into her body again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have a... I have, a, I have a picture, and I should have brought it with me tonight. I've got a picture of me and my wife with her. She's still the ladies' director at the church today. She's still a part of the church. Amen. And God is still blueing, and God is still blessing that church. So if you came here to tell me that God can't do it, I'm here to tell you you came too late. My God can't do anything. Amen. There's nothing too big for my God to do. Amen. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. My God is a God who cares and a God who will reach into every situation. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Whew. Oh, man, I love the spirit of God I'm feeling in here right now. Amen. I don't know what you're going through, but you need to quit looking at the walls. And let's start being explorers of God's goodness. Hey, man, I know that there's challenge. Don't, I'm not ignorant, okay? I know that there's people that are going through challenges and there's situations and there's trials and there's things that you're going through and there's things that are coming against you. But guess what? God's bigger than that. One of my favorite stories, one of my favorite stories, is G and, and I know it's preached a hundred million times, but I just love it when Jesus comes walking on the water. He's walking on top of the very thing that's trying to kill them, the very thing that's trying to destroy them. In other words, what he's saying is, guys, the thing that you're most afraid of, I'm walking on top of the water. Ha. He said, and you know what I love about Pete? Pete said, I know that there, I know it. I want to be an explorer. Amen. I know that there's waves and I know that there's wind and I know that. But Lord, if it, it is you, bid me come. Bid me come, Lord. You know what that is? That's an explorer spirit that says, I don't know how it's going to happen. I see the waves and I see it. But Lord, if you tell me to go, if you call me to go, I'll go where you want me to go because I want to see the goodness of Amen. Sometimes we don't see it because we haven't been exploring. Amen. We're so caught up in the walls and so caught up in the giants that we miss the fact that God said, I'll be there. Amen. We forgot about the love of God, the peace of God, the mercy of God. Amen. I'm here to tell you, we need to explore like we've never explored before. I feel like the Lord's calling a generation of explorers. That they're just saying, Lord, I know they're there. I know the Hivites are there. I know the Jebusites are there. I know all the ites are there. But God, I know you're there too. Amen. Think about, and I, and I gotta finish here, but think about this. Moses was a tactician. Moses was a man who was schooled in Egyptian schools. He was a great general, had many victories. He knew how to put a battle plan together. But that was his problem. He was thinking in his logical sense. And God said, you can't operate in the promised land in that kind of mentality. 
Because he said, Moses, you're going to struggle when I tell you, when you come to that walled city of Jericho, that I want you to walk around that thing six time, or six days, once, at, once, at, once every day for six days. And on the seventh day, I want you to march around it seven times. And then I want you to shout and blow that trumpet and the walls are going to come down. Moses says, I don't see that in my textbook. <laughs> I, 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 haven't, I haven't observed that. I don't know it. Because you see, he couldn't, he couldn't get it figured out because it was God's plan, not his plan. Moses tried to get his plan together by sending out spies. And a generation upon generation was lost. But God said, if you'll just become explorers, I'll take care of the battle. You know what? I went to Fiji. I didn't, I, I didn't, know, I didn't know how I was going to do what God had played. And actually, when I went to Fiji, I was just planning on going and teaching in the Bible school. And I was planning on just evangelizing. And then ended up having to run the Bible school. And then, and then there were some other things that came up along the way that, that were asked of me. And I did them. But at the whole time, I was just thinking, God, what in the world? We started to build up the Bible school and we started to get things in order and we and I, I won't I won't share the the amounts this time but I, we we were going through it and I and I was three days from running out of funds and a church calls and says uh, we're, we're, uh, are you doing any work on your Bible school I was three days from running out of uh, supplies and I I couldn't I couldn't uh, uh, I, I, I'll be honest Pastor Woodward I I was feeling a little embarrassed because I'd read the scripture. It said, you know, cautioning you about not counting the cost and building a tent. I was like, Lord, I don't want to be that guy that they walk by and say, look, that guy didn't finish. And, and I, and I kind of I did what my kids do to me. My kids never forget any, they forget everything I say in the pulpit and nothing I say in the car. They remember everything in the car. And, 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 you know, and, and I'll, I'll forget about something. Just the other day, just, I mean, just today, Eva walks up to me and she says, Dad, she's looking at the catalog with all the toys for Christmas. And she says, don't forget my Princess Monopoly game. And I said, Princess Monopoly game? What are you talking about? And she said, yeah, yeah. Remember? You said if I did that, you would get me, if you let the boys play with that Monopoly game, that you'd buy me a Princess Monopoly game. I don't remember saying that. And the more she talked about it, Brother Matt, the more I started remembering that conversation again. She said, Dad, you said. So guess what I did? I said, I learned from my kids. <laughs> I just said, God, I only did this because you said. At the end of my life, whenever that may come, and I go and the Lord, and then they put me wherever they're going to put me. Guess what? That Bible school's still going to be there. <laughs> It's not my kingdom. It's not my school. Hey, man, that's God's school. And so I said, God, this is not mine. This is yours. And I said, you said. <laughs> I said, you said. And I said, because you know why? I, I, I seen in I, the Hivites and the Canaanites, I seen the challenge and I seen the obstacles. But I, in, in my spirit, I just said, I just want to see what God will do. So I did it. Three days I was running out of supplies and I got a call from a church that said, hey, I heard you're doing work in the Bible school there. Can we help you? And I said, yeah, we'd love it. I told them what we were doing. They said, that's good because I've already sent the $25,000. Wow. Yeah. 
So then I got, uh, Brother Woodrow, I got a little bold, I'll be honest, and I started taking on some more projects and some things that, that God just kind of put in my heart, and we started doing it, and I, and I came, and I started running out again, and I came to the end of it again, and I got an email from, and, and just as I was kind of coming to that point again, I said, Lord, I, I'm trusting you, you said, and I got an email that day, this is in the middle of the pandemic, guys, this is in the middle of everything shut down, everybody, you know, all, and I'm thinking, I'm just thinking about, Lord, just help me help me get enough money to stay on the field but let me just say this thank you for your faithfulness church because your giving helped us our our account never went in the red one time we stayed in that black the whole time and in the middle of it i got an email from brother jerry dean said apostolic men have chosen fiji's bible school to to be able to be a blessing and he said we just we just wired you twenty thousand dollars hallelujah Oh, what, what, what I'm saying is we came to the end of, we came to the, and it's not just one place or two places. We came to the end of the project and, and, and I got a call from a church in Australia and they said, we just want to know if we can help you finish off that project at the Bible school. And they sent several thousand dollars. What I'm trying to say is there was lots of Hivites and Jebusites, but God said, if you'll just do what I, if you'll just go exploring, if you'll just kind of see what kind of revival that we're going to do. Hallelujah. There's no telling what my God can do. Hallelujah. Amen. We got we, we had land for a Bible store, for a church and we were going to lose the land because we didn't have anything and I had seven days. I said, Lord, I need seven days. I talked to one minister. He said, I'll have you $10,000 in seven days. And in seven days, we had the money. We're building the church. I just dug the footing. They just dug the footing last week. I'm here to tell you, my God can do anything. I got to finish. Amen, but I'm here to challenge you tonight. Let's not get stuck focusing on all the challenges. Let's be explorers. Let's be explorers. I don't come to church trying to, I'm seeing walls. I come to church seeing what God said to be true. God said, God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. God said, I give and it shall be given unto you. Amen. God said, my, my grace is sufficient for you. Amen. You know what that is? That's called explorer mentality. God, I don't know how I'm going to make it, but I know you're going to help me through. Hallelujah. Let's just stand together in this place tonight. Amen. Our God can do anything. It doesn't matter, amen, doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. Amen, we went to our, our central district conference, amen, and God filled 71 with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen, this was just a few weeks, or a few months ago. Amen, there was a lady, that, there was a lady who was working as a part of the security, and she said, I want to be baptized, but I'm working, and they won't let me. Can, will anybody be waiting for me there after midnight? And so we waited in the missions team waited actually i drove by the headquarters at 11 30 and they were still baptizing people in jesus name amen she showed up at about quarter after 12 amen they gave her a home by a short bible study they baptized her in jesus name she came up out of the tank speaking in other tongues as the spirit gave the utterance i'm here to tell you it don't matter who you are or where you're coming from my god cares about you Amen. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. 
They even let me preach a children's crusade from time to time. Amen. And we did one the week or two before we left. And God baptized, or God filled 28 of them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Those children for the first time. I'm here to tell you revival's not something that's coming. Revival is something that's already here. Oh, why don't we just lift our hands and our voices one more time and begin to thank God for what he has done and what he is going to do in this place tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.